Okay. So, this is our last week of, um, I don't want to say random, but different topics. So, have you ever heard anyone say that the last shall be first, or the first shall be last, and the last shall be first? Yes. 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 No. What does that mean? I bunched in line to can't help. Yes, a lot of people like to just throw it out there when they feel wronged, right? Yes. Well, I was the third bunch of was the first one. Marching your hand through So what does it mean? To you. Let's start there. Like the people who are always like, that's okay, you can you can go before me, and or the people who are always like, I'm going first, like I'm the best, I'm going first. Um, when we all get to heaven, God's gonna take all the people who have been more kind and caring, and they're gonna get a better, like not like a better like, like like let me say like seat at the table like. Not like, like a sewing table, just like a table, like, I don't know, but like a better spot. They'll get to move up. Like, the, there's a story in the Bible okay. where the guy sat in the good spot, but then everybody moved around, and then the person who sat in the bad spot got to sit in the good spot, and the guy who was in the good spot had to sit in the bad spot. Okay. That's a start. <laughs> All right. Anyone else have anything? How about who said it? That is the first time that has worked out good for you, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She just does that like every time, like who said what? Because she's like, Jesus. Jesus said it. Jesus is there. Okay. So Jesus did say it. Why did he say it? It's in three of the four Gospels. That always means it might be important, right? Or it was impactful to the disciples, right? If, the, if three of them remembered it. Or more. I know, it, there was only one, maybe two, or sorry, two, maybe three that wrote the Gospels, right? Luke wasn't a disciple. So, but... Why would Jesus say that? Why would he tell us that? Okay, in short, that's good. That's a good short, if you want to sum it up with one word, selfless. Um... <clears throat> Obviously, there is more to it than that, right? Otherwise, he would have just said, be selfless. Why say it that way? It was the old times. Hmm. It more has to do that it applies to all times. Phoebe kind of told us why in the beginning when I first asked if you've ever heard of that. 
What do people naturally want to do? Go first, right? Everybody wants to be first. You want to be first at the trough on Sunday because you get your pick of the donuts, right? Definitely. You want to be first in the school cafeteria line so they don't run out of hamburgers or patties or salads or whatever. Nope, is because your they pick. don't really ever run out. They're legally required to have enough for everyone. Oh, well, it didn't used to be like that. <laughs> you used they used to run out of the good stuff and then you'd have to have. Nobody really ever goes for the good stuff anymore. Okay. So let's go and look at where and why Jesus said this. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 19 to start at the end of it. And so as we covered already, Jesus said it. And he tells this to the disciples after... He told them a very short and well-known parable involving. Nope. Very short, I said. Some parables are only one verse. Yeah, Bill says, but many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. There's emphasis on that are and shall. sell everything and to follow him and the man went away sad why do you think he no, went away I, sad why did the rich man go away sad well that's not hard he could even give it away right yeah but he didn't want to he didn't want to right he was attached to the stuff and then Jesus says this parable that Felicia read for us that is easier for um, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. That's for, and think about that. A camel is, wouldn't fit in this room. You guys, probably a lot of you saw them at the fair, a right? A camel would fit in this room. I mean, yes, but he'd have to go like this with his head. And... He has to go through the eye of a needle. It's hard enough to get a thread 
The world's largest needle. Has everyone sewn before, like with needle yeah, and thread? Yeah. Okay, Try the good. I didn't know. Maybe nobody does that anymore. Look up the world's largest needle. I bet you'll But he meant like a regular needle. So impossible, right? And that's what the disciples said. This is impossible. And we're going to pick up, after, this is right after this, what Peter then asks Jesus after he hears this. Verse 27. Yep. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in regeneration, regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Okay, that's good. <clears throat> So Peter basically asks, what do we get when we got to heaven? Because we did what? Him and all the other disciples did what to follow Jesus? Um, some of them did. I wouldn't say all of them because Peter didn't sell his house because his wife was still living in his house. So, you know, that might be mean. Um, but they left everything. Like Peter is following Jesus around for three years while whoever else is running his fishing business and whatever, he just left it. And Matthew, the tax collector, threw away a good job, even though nobody liked him because he had that job, but he was making a lot of money and he said, I'm done with that. So they've all done exactly what Jesus told this wealthy man. So Peter says, well, if that's the case, what do we get in the kingdom of heaven? since we're going to be in the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> and what does Jesus tell Peter? That the 12 disciples will be rewarded with. Okay. Interesting, right? I, I wouldn't know, I don't know if it's a reward... Would you want to judge everybody else? If you say that you would, then you're not ready to. Because <laughs> that would not be a fun job I, to do that. I would never personally anyone unless they attacked a person. Okay. But it is, it is still, though, a place of Um, like an important position, an important role to do. Now, we're going to jump down to verse 30. If you guys can, some, whoever's next, go ahead and read that. But many who are the first will be last, and many who are the last will be first. Okay, so that's how Jesus finishes up that his explanation to Peter. Well, or begins his explanation. So he gives him that famous that you guys have all heard before. Except for me. And that's okay. You have now. So you're in that category. And he knows that that 
doesn't fully explain it, right? Because it kind of does because this rich man who was seemingly ahead of Peter and John and all these other guys who have nothing, right? They're walking around with the clothes on their back and probably some food, whatever they get along the way with them. Enough coins to pay tolls as they go. And most people in the world would look and say, well, they've, they're way, way below and beneath that wealthy man. So Jesus tells them, well, if you're last, you're going to be first. But to explain that to you, I'm going to tell you a parable. And that starts here in, verse tw- in chapter 20 with verse 1. Um, where are we at? Audrey? For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that makes an householder. Pause there. What does it mean anytime you say the kingdom of, where it says in the Bible, the kingdom of heaven is like? Parable. Okay, it is a par- going to be a parable. What else does it mean? It's a metaphor for what? What? Say that louder. Okay, what does heavenly mean? Earthly means everything that we can physically touch. What? Yes, what did you say, Gideon? Okay, yes, it's something difficult for us to understand. Why is it difficult? No, because he wants you to understand it. That's why he's telling you the parable. It starts with an S. Things are heavenly. Heaven, what lasts forever that's going to go to heaven? What part of you? Soul. Okay, yes, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. The other part. Your soul will, but a more important part. Spirit. Oh. Your spiritual side. So these are spiritual things. God is, or Jesus is, it is God, but Jesus is explaining to them a spiritual truth. Okay. So every time you see that, you say, oh, this is something that's hard to understand, but Jesus is going to show me something hidden about the spiritual world. Go ahead. Keep going, Audrey. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is in his householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard. Okay, so a farmer, essentially, who owns the farm, he owns a grape farm. Anybody have grapes? Yes. Yeah, I think actually I had cotton candy flavored grapes. Oh, I had those too. No, like have grapes in oh, grape yeah. vines. We have kind of cool grapes. Yeah. We do too. We have one. I have one. We grape used to have grape vines, yeah. but they got destroyed years ago. Okay, and then they have a leaf Thanks kind of like this. Then we have a peach. No. So, everybody's grapes are getting ripe right now, right? Has anybody picked any yet? No. Mine got destroyed. They're purpley. 
We tried some the other night and they are a not quite sweet enough yet because they need cold nights to get sweet. At my house every night is cold. Not in the summer. Nope, even in the summer every oh. night is freezing. That's good in the summer. Mm -hmm. So you have, not if you have a cold. grape vines. What happens when they get ripe? What do you need to do? Why can't you wait like a week? Yes. When it's ripe, you have to pick it, right? You can't wait. You get maybe like a couple days window. And then it rots. Or it falls off. Or like, usually it's more like Audrey said, the birds come, the what deer come. Yes. Like if you have it protected from birds, it's probably going to wind up completely. Right. And let's picture that you had instead of one or two grapevines you have 400 Bye. are you going to be able to pick all those grapes no farmer john by himself help. probably not i mean hire people but to help. in well, not a week in window, no. within a week no he's not going to be able to because he probably has i don't know a cup at least a bushel worth per vine if he's got good Ask growing grapes so help. Yes, he needs to do precisely that, and that's what he is going to do. He is going to go and hire laborers from, for his vineyard to come and pick grapes. And back then, you would go, and actually, this happened quite even up until the past, maybe like 60 years ago, it kind of stopped. But it used to be you would go into the marketplace or you go into town and there would be people who would say I'm here I showed up I'm hoping somebody needs somebody to work today whether it's somebody to paint a fence somebody to work on a roof somebody to uh, pick harvest things whatever they call them day laborers they have a different job day to day be based on whoever needs their help so he knows there's going to be people. He goes into town, goes to the market, and he picks out some people. Let's continue with verse 2 through 8 now. What chapter? Uh, 20. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. Six. And about the eleventh hour he went out, and he found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why standeth he here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and what sovereign is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, 
call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. Okay, so he gets his initial laborers, they start picking the grapes, and either there are more than they thought, they aren't working as fast as they thought, whatever it might be, he says, we gotta go back and get more guys. He goes back, gets more guys, realizes again, we're still not gonna get it done in time before night comes. He goes out and four times he goes out and gets more people to work. And now at the end of the day, he goes to pay them. Verse nine. Continue to 11, please. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each, of, but each one of them also received a denarius. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house. Okay. Pause there. We'll get there in a second. So he pays them all what? One single penny. Yes. It's the, um, yes, I was about to say Hebrew and I knew that was wrong. So, <clears throat> which was that at that time, that's how much you got for a day. Like, let's say today, if you worked at McDonald's and you made $15 an hour, you work for eight hours and you get, uh, what's that? 120 minus all your taxes. That, or 150 sorry anyways so that's how but in this case some people showed up and only worked for an hour and got the same pay as if they worked for the whole day now <clears throat> why does that happen why would he do that couldn't he have saved a lot of money by only paying them for the one hour Yes. They had um like mites, which was a smaller coin version. Like yeah. So yeah, there there are ways, and especially then, like when you hear them say pieces of silver, because they would just weigh it out and you put whatever size in there and go by weight and not by in coin with a head stamped in it. Oh. That didn't come about until the Roman and Greek where they actually oh, started stamping like them. That. What? By the weight? Yes, you just like put a small bag of manure on there and be like, this is what I'm paying you and it's 80 pounds. Well, <laughs> they wouldn't give you, it wouldn't be as, as valuable as 80 pounds of gold though. To the mines! <laughs> I wouldn't like that. Just then you if you don't have a scale at your house, like, then you wouldn't know how much you're going to Everyone did. Everyone did. And in the markets, they all had scales everywhere. And just turn it in and be like, we would like to exchange this whole entire mine cart made out of gold. What were you saying, Gideon? If it goes by weight, then if you're rich, then you have to carry around, like, yes. so much. Yes, but you can afford to have servants carry things for you. Yes, but how do you know they Like in Robin Hood with the rhinos carrying the big chest of gold on their shoulders. Yes, but how do you know that they won't steal any of the money? Uh, that was 
Yeah, that's why there were severe punishments for stealing. Okay, we can't get off tangent on all these history lessons here. So, <clears throat> yes, he could have paid them less. There were means, but why pay them all the same? Okay. If they all went to the market looking for work and they waited and were searching for work, did they need it? Did the last person need it that money less than the first person? They all needed it equally, right? They probably, especially if you're a day laborer that probably means you don't have a lot of money saved. It's, um, it's kind of like, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example today. Maybe like if you like do things like Uber or stuff like that, you probably need extra money, right? That's usually why people do those jobs because they need the extra money and it's an easy way where you can pick up extra hours doing it. Um, so we still have things like that today. And so if they all needed it equally, this is where we have to start thinking about it as the farmer that owns this land is Jesus. Now, <clears throat> I want you to look back at verse six and seven a detail that you may have missed. And what is it? Let's just read those again. Wherever we left off. Is you Whoever, somebody read verse 6 and 7. At the 11th hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us, he saith unto them, Go ye into the vineyards, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. Okay. He said the same thing to all of them. He did, but he asked them, Why are you still here? And their answer is, nobody wanted us, okay? They have been rejected, no purpose, right? They've just sat there all day waiting. They've been passed over. Do you guys know the, I'm sure you do, the song, Pass Me Not? No. Pass, it says, pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Okay. This is where this story starts to transcend just a simple story and have a spiritual meaning that we, we don't just need that day's wage, right? Everybody needs money. You need that stuff for every day. But it's more than that. You, everybody here, whether you realize it or not, you want to feel needed. You want to feel like you have a purpose, like people... No look forward to seeing you that you matter to somebody and ultimately what fulfills that is you want to be a part of the kingdom of christ's kingdom 
That is what will fill it, that want. And but isn't that want technically a desire? It is, yes. That's another word that you could use for it. It's a desire that you have. Are desires kind of bad? No. They can be bad. Some desires are bad. Others are good, though. God has given you naturally good desires to have. So how then did, do we see the first laborers who showed up and worked all day react when um, <clears throat> they receive what they needed? They talked against him. Okay. They say it's unfair. All right, let's see, because they're going to have a longer conversation now with the good Lord, as he's called. Verse 12 through 16. Yep. And thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I did thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that as thine, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Take your pay and go. The want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. So the last shall be first. Oh, we skipped 15. He did 14. It's okay. He has a different version I think he got. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own if I, I evil because I am good? So the last shall be first, and first left. For many be called, but few Okay. So, why, what is the reason that he gives for why he paid everybody the same? Even though some worked harder, toiled harder. Okay, good. And then you sum that up with, he wants to. All right. That is very, very true. God says, there's a lot of times where God simply, the only reason he has to give is to say, I am God and I will do what I will do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Right? He, he doesn't have to explain himself to us. And... Um, that's, that's the most simple answer that you could give, right? But if we dig deeper into who Jesus is in this, the character that makes him up, is one of the things that he loves to do is he likes to give everybody what they need and then oftentimes to give them more than what they deserve. So some of these people got more than what they deserved, right? They only deserved an hour's pay or three hours' pay, but they got the full day. And then there's a third reason that <clears throat> we see this throughout the Bible, is that he loves to take something very insignificant, something that doesn't matter, and things oftentimes that are kicked to the side, and then take that and make it a great 
an amazing thing and to make people wonder, wow, why did that happen? Why is that important? How, how did he even make that come about? We think of, I thought of people throughout the Bible where this kind of thing happened to. Think about David. He's one of, oh, I'm going to get this wrong now. I think eight siblings. I can't remember. What number was he in birth order? Last. Last, right? He was number eight, eight or whatever, you know? Eight? Like the couplets and the octomom? No. no. No, no, no. He was just born last. Yeah, just last in the family, the youngest. He was... All right. He, why, why would he become king? He's the youngest. No, in it's always the oldest, right? Yeah. Not some dynasties, and some dynasties the oldest is out of the way, and the youngest becomes later. Not generally, and definitely not in Western or uh, the culture of Jesus' time. But that's not, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about here, though. That's not the context for King David. Um, think about Joseph. What order was he? He was the youngest. He was the youngest at the time, right? When he started to be selected. He, there was a younger brother yet later, Benjamin. And, but even more so, what happened to him? He got bullied, he kind of deservedly slow. Um, I mean, not all that. He didn't deserve to be sold into slavery, but he became a slave, right? Can't get any lower than a slave. And Jesus chose to use him to become the savior for his entire family. Think of Josiah in the Bible. How old was he? Eight. Eight when he became king. Something that people would be like, well, that doesn't even make sense. Why would you put an eight-year-old as a king? What? Josiah currently eight. Well, he will be in November. So. <laughs> Your brother shall be king. <laughs> but, right. And you laugh because it would be like, how good of a decision could they make? But Josiah was the one who turned the kingdom around and got them to follow God again. And think about Rahab. What do you know about Rahab? Yes. What was out window. yes? What was her occupation? Mm-hmm. Right. Usually, um, I mean, I, any society considered a pretty lowly profession, right? A even nowadays. Yes. Nowadays. I mean, it, and it it should be right. It should no, be. It is actually illegal in certain states, but it still goes. On. Yes, and but. God chose to use her because she believed in him. And she became a great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus to have that place in the family line. Think about even more recently, Jesus brings attention to the widow's might. Do you know that story? The widow who puts 
two mites, which smaller than a penny, right? We talked about that in the offering box there at the church. And nobody noticed, but Jesus pointed it out. Something little and insignificant, he said, was the greatest. Takes a little boy's lunch that's um, two loaves and five fish, turns it into a, a, enough to meet, feed 5,000, right? So here's the thing to, for us to watch for. <clears throat> All, those of us who are already Christians, especially growing up in the church, you could become like those who worked all day long. They're working for the farmer, the owner of this vineyard that represents God or Jesus. If you've been following Jesus your whole life and then you see somebody come along who hasn't been and suddenly does and is doing amazing things and is wonderful, you might get what we see in verse 15. Jealous? Yes. It, specifically, the phrase it uses is an evil eye. Anybody ever seen the evil eye? Well, like this? Yes. Right? My uncle did it to me whenever <laughs> I bring in all the wood. Bring in like enough wood to cover like at least half of winter. So sometimes that's a different context, but sometimes you get that from another person because somebody is doesn't like you because they're envious of you. Or maybe you give it to somebody because you're envious of them or you treat them kind of not nicely. So that is, and really what is envy? What does that stem from? What's the root of envy? It's another um, cousin. What's this? Pride, yes. Of you wanting to be above others, to have the best. And that brings us back to the first shall be last. And <clears throat> for us in the room here, those of us that are inside of the fold, those of you that belong to Jesus, you, we have to be careful not to scoff at little things. Not to put down things that might be really difficult for other people or people's offerings, things that they do for God that might seem small or insignificant, but Jesus is looking at people's hearts. He knows them, he knows their personal life and what that means. And just because it's not something big and large and showy that those things are still significant. And we should be looking for those to be observant, to be t 
tied in with God to be looking for those little things that are going to be made um, shown as something large and something important one day. Jesus talks about giving, if you gave a glass of water to somebody, that it was as though you gave one just to him. That that's how important it is. And let's go to, to close up tonight. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 2. Because in the end, it's all about working together, right? You have all of those, you're all in the kingdom together. And it's not about a big role or um, a role that's forward facing where everybody sees what you're doing. It's about doing the work, God's work together. All those laborers work together in the vineyard and Jesus' point is it didn't matter how long they worked, but the fact that they were there working. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to read verses 2 through 7. Fulfill ye my joy that ye, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other by better than themselves. Notice that. Of lowliness of mind. Okay, keep going. We're in verse Four. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus, in Christ being in the form of God, knoweth not robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeliness of men. Okay. Can sum all that up to just to say, be the servant of all. Last, as we said right at the beginning, I can't remember who it was, but good job. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. You can sum it up by being selfless. To be the servant of everybody else. If you think, if you go about thinking, how can I serve that person? How can I help that person? You don't have to worry about anything else. The rest of it, God will take care of all that, those other things. If you go about thinking how you can help others, in our overall goal and what is our goal as a church what's our what are our biggest events of the year at church old fashioned days and old fashioned christmas okay christmas yeah christmas in general is big right we have things that are just for People who come to church every not that other people couldn't come, but they generally wouldn't find out about it if they weren't coming, right? Like Think, the Tuesday night special stuff. Yes, we have things that are for people who are here every week, but our big things where we are trying to let people know what we do here. It's it's all about saying, hey, if you want to come, you can come with us. 
you can come be a part of this and you can come see how you can be fulfilled. And it doesn't matter if you weren't here 20 years ago, 30 years ago, come and be here now. And you'll be a part like you were always here. Okay, that's something that um, people who started this church have worked really, really hard at doing to make it welcoming to anybody who wants to come, no matter what, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background, and to serve them from the moment that they come to the church and throughout the entire time they're here to embody that. That's okay. Doesn't matter. All right. So just a little look at a couple of parables just about Jesus' kingdom and the spiritual aspects of that. Thank you.